0: A coach is someone who can give correction without causing resentment. John Wooden.
1: Hey, Hustlers. Welcome to the Hustle Show audio experience. Real, no-filter conversations with successful entrepreneurs where we go over the harsh truth. Nobody told you about being an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Christian Ariola.
0: Hey, Hustlers! Christian here, host of The Hustle Show, where we have real, no-filter conversations with successful entrepreneurs. I'm super thrilled to have you here. Very grateful that you are joining me today on episode number 32. Super excited for today's guest, Mark Mawini, because he has the true hustling story, and, and I'm super excited to share his story as he shares some really cool and gold nuggets here. And Mark McWinnie is a lifelong entrepreneur who's on a mission to help coaches build successful businesses. He achieves this with his coaching programs, his podcast, Natural Born Coaches, his Facebook group, The Coaching Jungle, and his exclusive print newsletter, Secret Coach Club. And I've, I've checked out his podcast. It's amazing. I'm actually being featured on his podcast coming up very soon. Um, I believe in November, he'll have my interview go live on Natural Burn Coaches, but I'll definitely let you know on social media. So, make sure you go and like us on Facebook and follow us everywhere else where we are with the hustle show okay and remember that all the show notes for today's episode will be available at the hustle show, that co/ths32 along with our free book club and many other things that we're working on for you because we want to provide the the best value possible that we can and we're constantly striving for better things and bigger. And and we're working on a lot of very cool things that I think you're going to love. So make sure you're constantly checking our website. And, and not only that, but you're going to be able to find the video version. If you are listening to this on our, our audio experience, you can go on our website and actually watch the video interview of all the guests. And before we jump into the call with Mark i would love for you to subscribe right now so i would really appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button right now and you become our follower and you actually help other people find the show because when you subscribe itunes and youtube actually gives us more credibility so a lot of more people will find our show and i would really appreciate it if you do so okay so without further ado let's jump with mark and this amazing episode okay All right, Hustlers. So in today's episode, we have Mark. Welcome, Mark.
1: How are you doing, Christian? Thanks for having me.
0: I'm doing amazing because I have the opportunity to connect with you and to share your story with our Hustlers.
1: I'm uh, glad to be here. I'm a big fan of the Hustle School, so... I hope um you won't have a lot of Tim Ferris four hour work week people here, probably, but um I've been attacked before for going after the four hour work week. there's I say there's no such thing, nor should you want to work four hours a week if you love what you're doing so I, I'm a hustler
0: right, right and 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 that's totally true. I mean here we keep it real. We talk about the twelve and sixteen hour days that we go through and and you know it's it's a different mentality for sure. But when you do what you love, you, you got it exactly right. I mean, you, you want to keep going. You want to keep
1: working. You do. You don't want to quit. So in, in my older age, I've gotten a little better in incorporating a bit of balance. But I ne- I will never be even a 10 or 20 hour a week guy. I'd go crazy doing that. <laughs> I'm not saying I want to be doing 120 hours a week, which I have done before. But um, yeah, I like to keep busy, keep moving.
0: I love it. So I want to I want to dig in a little bit and share with everybody because I know you're crushing it out there with your coaching programs, with your uh, Facebook groups and all the value you provide. And then your amazing podcast, Natural Born Coaches, which is amazing, man. I've listened to a few episodes and it's it's a truly inspiring podcast. But I want to hear how did you get involved into coaching at all? What is the story there?
1: That's a long one. We'd probably need a few hours. So I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version. It, it was never a plan to get into coaching. So I never said, hey, I want to be a coach when I'm older. When I was a kid, I wanted to probably play shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays or be a treasure hunter or something. It wasn't a coach. But uh make a long story short, I actually my background's in real estate. I started in real estate when I was 21 years old. Throughout my twenties, I just I was hustling, working hard, tons of hours, and I went from being a 21-year-old kid that looked about 15 to, uh, within a few years, I was one of the top agents in my marketplace of 300 agents, and then build a company with 100 agents and employees and a few different office locations, and everything was going. Um, very well, and I thought, wow, this whole success thing's easy. It's a lot of work, but uh, look out, Bill Gates. And then 2009 hit, and everything collapsed. Um, just a perfect storm of things. Grew the, I was growing the business too fast. Our market took a nosedive, and it still hasn't really recovered in my neck of the woods. Um, and just uh, a whole bunch of things conspired to bang, everything closed. And I went through a really tough time after 09 and um, went through another business closure in 2012. And that convinced me that was in real estate as well. And I said, I'm done with real estate, not enjoying it. This isn't fun. And I went through a period of time in, in the wilderness, not literally in the wilderness, but I felt like I was in the wilderness and I was helped back to my feet by several coaches and mentors. And that's what convinced me beginning of 2014 to open up my coaching business. And here we are today.
0: That's awesome. And that's a real story. And and I think several of the people that we have here in the show, they they went through that recession and and they had to pivot a little bit and change gears and change what they were doing. But now that you're able to look back, are you happy that you did that change and, and you went from real estate and everything that you were doing to what you're doing now?
1: Oh, man, I'm so happy. Uh, the pro- and not to knock real estate, I had 10 good years and I had a lot of fun doing it. There's zero work-life balance. You are tied to your cell phone 24-7. I, I Unless I was getting a shower, I was on my phone. And... Um, you had to work with people who are less than ideal clients, some that didn't treat you great. They thought, ah, oh, here's a real estate salesperson hungry for a commission, so I'll treat them like shit. And um, I always say real estate is very, uh, the, co- the way the competition is, because it's commission-based in a small market, it, I say, they say in real estate that the nice ones stab you in the front. And I noticed a much different vibe in coaching compared to real estate. Coaching is much more collaborative. If um, you get a client, I'm not thinking, oh God, there's my food off my plate or money out of my bank. Christian just took this client. You know, I'm like, hey, good for you, Christian. Let's collaborate. We'll do some stuff. There's a big enough pie for everybody. And I find that real estate, not just real estate, other sales industries as well, is it's uh, much more cutthroat and they're focused on competition, running people down and, and stuff like that. And I like the positive vibe for the most part in coaching.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think, um, you know, because everybody has different personalities, you're going to be a very different coach, even if you coach in the same niche. Uh, somebody else, but you know, your experience is different, and your and your and everything that you do is different. So, um, and then there's the
1: impact question too. You know, I I didn't realize at the time in my 20s because I was so busy out doing real estate, but looking back. I could never do the kind of make the kind of impact out there that doing real estate as I do now with the podcast where I'm working and coaching. I'm working with people all over the world. You know, my Facebook group's got over seven thousand coaches as we're recording this that are in there, all all far flung places of the world, and I'm do, I feel like I'm doing a lot of good out there. If I was selling real estate, in my small local market, doing open houses on Sundays, stuff like that. It's not that kind of impact that I want to be making. So very, to answer your question, again, just very happy that I made the change. And anyone who's listening who's stuck in a local sandbox, you got 7.5 billion people out there. Get online and do something online. You don't have to be confined to a local area if you don't want to be.
0: Yes, that's very true. Now that now that we're talking about you, know, you transition from your real estate gigs to... Um, the coaching, the podcast, and everything related, did you have any doubt that you could actually become a, a coach?
1: No doubt. I, I've been the type, and whether it be real estate or whatever I do in my life, I just jump in and do it. Uh, I'll be honest, I thought it would be a little bit easier. And when I got started, I thought, hey, I have all these years experience building business and real estate. And, you know, um, I realized very quickly that, Coaching isn't what most people think it is. Most people, when they start coaching, think that they're spending 80% of their time coaching and 20% of their time eh, doing a little sales and a little back-end stuff, a little bit of invoicing, but most of the time spent coaching. It's actually, I realized really quickly, it's flipped the opposite. So you're spending 80% of your time lead generation, marketing, doing things to get you out in front of people. And if you're lucky, you're anywhere close to 20% coaching. You're probably less. And, And most coaches don't realize that. Most coaches just want to do the coaching part of it they don't realize that hey you got to be in sales you you got to hustle if you want to go out there and you got to get clients And, and that's why so many coaches struggle as well they're coming from backgrounds where they never had to sell so they were in hr they were teachers you know maybe they were nurses or something like that which are fine professions but they never had to sell and then they get into coaching. It's like, oh shoot! I actually have to go out there and eat what I kill. You know, go out of the cave in the morning and, and club something and bring it back. So, I thought it would be a little bit easier. But my my background in real estate helped me with coaching because I knew what it was like to build a business from those early days in real estate where I had no money, starting out to, as a twenty one year old, and uh, I just had to hustle and grind. So I knew it could be done. It's just um, it, it was a lot of work getting the real estate or the coaching business going.
0: Right, and 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 I think you you did the the perfect combo there because you be, you had the experience to be a coach and you were also amazing at sales with real estate background. Mm. So you you knocked it out of the park, right?
1: There's a lot of similarities too between real estate and coaching, which you would never think that, right? Till I get looking, I'm like, man, this is very similar, <laughs> you know. For that, so my niche, I'm I'm essentially a business coach that helps other coaches. I, I don't work with any other say, bricks and border entrepreneurs that come to me or business owners, I refer them off. I only work with coaches, but I'm still able to take the experience from real estate and apply it to coaching. And uh, I love working with coaches. They, they get the concept of coaching. You don't have to sell them on that. Uh, they are for the most part the most motivated people on the planet because you know what they're like they're into personal development conferences books seminars uh, courses and everything they're, they got personal development up the yin yang and uh, they're very uh, they're good clients you know i still have to be careful who i work with because some are wouldn't be good clients for me but i've been lucky and blessed to work with some awesome coaches
0: that's amazing man and now that you can look back in time uh You mentioned that it was a little harder than you anticipated to be. Uh, How were those first six months when you decided to start your own coaching business? How were those emotionally and physically for you trying to figure out things?
1: Well, there's the early days I was probably working for third world wages. If I look at what I was um, doing and um, it was frustrating because it was frustrating in a way because I, I thought, hey, it's online and there's 7.5 billion people in the world. I only need a handful to really get going. But then when you look at uh, the amount of uh, people out there, that people uh, coaches that people can choose from and stuff, I realized, that, hey, I'm going to have to hustle I'm going to have to work. But I was, again, blessed to come from a real estate background where I, I remembered my first six months in real estate exact same thing. I was just working hard, getting my name out there and building up my funnel and leads. And then it started to come through the second half of the first year. And the exact same thing happened with coaching, you know, it took probably six months to really get it going. Uh, One thing that I do with uh, coaches I work with is, I tell them, look, it took me six months or a little more to get going. But I didn't have a lot of help when I started the coaching business. I had a few coaches who, um, to be polite, weren't great at what they did. But that's fine. You know, I learned even from the bad ones. I learned stuff from it because I learned what not to do. And um, I tell people if it took me six months or so to get going with no one in my corner, I'm in your corner. It's going to take less than six months, right? Because you're going to shorten that learning curve with it.
0: Right. That's awesome. And 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 you know we we've touched about that on several episodes already when it comes to coaching and getting the help that you need and the guidance because what you're what you're basically doing is just not reinventing yourself i mean you're not reinventing the wheel and you're not trying to figure out things on your own
1: no you shouldn't be and there's um i don't know if there's any magic formula like like you see facebook ads saying make seven figures in a month uh working two minutes a day but that being said, there are things that you can do in, in setting up your, your coaching business properly and, and doing certain things in the marketing end and other stuff uh, to get going. And I should mention with myself, I didn't do any Facebook ads those early days. And even with the clients I work with nowadays, I stress um, that you can do it with organic efforts. You don't need a huge war chest of tens of thousands of dollars for Facebook ads it helps, but you could do it organically. It's just if you're doing it organically, you, you got to work at it. And unfortunately, a lot of coaches and also entrepreneurs they say, "Well, I don't have any money to put into Facebook ads and Google ads, but um, I don't want to work really hard at it either. That's a lot of work. Well, you can't have it both ways. If you don't want to spend that money in, on the ads to get going, then you're gonna have to make up for that with effort, with organic efforts.
0: That's true. Yeah, especially because. Facebook ads are, are, are effective, but they can be pricey trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. So a lot of money goes into research, yeah. basically.
1: Well, I'm starting some ads. I haven't been aggressive with Facebook ads. Like I said, everything's been organic. But uh, as we're recording this, I'm starting with um, – I have an excellent Facebook ads guy And I specifically hired a good person who's not cheap because I don't want to learn Facebook ads. I don't want to know the ins and outs. I don't want to know the changes and everything they do. It's good to know a little bit about it, but I'm not a Facebook ads guy, so I'll hire that out. And uh, But the the reason I'm able to do that is I've built my business up over the last four years that, that I have that money to invest in that. And I was very um, conscious when I got started to build it up the right way. So when I started coaching, I didn't, you know, there's 20 different things you could do. You could, a lot of coaches say, well, I want to coach. I want to have online programs. I want to speak. I want to write a book. I want to do this, 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 and this. And it's trying to fit, like trying to fit 20 people through a door at the same time doesn't work. So I was very clear, like, hey, I'm going to start with one-on-one coaching. Then I'm going to add group coaching. Then I'm going to add online programs. Then I'm going to add, I have a print newsletter now for coaching. I'm going to add that. Then I'm going to add this, this, and this, and just kind of stacking it that way to make sure that uh, everything gets done. Because if you try to do 20 things, when you're coming out of the gate, you'll never get everything done.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I think being laser focused and and going after one thing will get you much farther than trying to do 10 things at the same time. That's for sure. I agree with you with that.
1: And one on one gets a really bad rap. Again, not to pick on Tim Ferriss, but a lot of the four hour work week people say, "Oh, don't do one on one coaching, or don't do uh, provide service one on one," because then you can't lay on the beach and dip your toes in the sand and drink pina coladas all day. One on one, I think, is your fastest way to path to revenue quickly. So it's easier to get somebody to pay you thousand dollars for coaching as opposed to selling a hundred ebooks at ten dollars each even though you think, oh, gee, $10, that's a cheap ebook I'll be able to sell more. And uh, I've always felt that way. So I tell people, don't shy away from one-on-one. And uh, everybody wants to do the online programs, right? Because they get paid while they sleep. And there's a great saying that I heard, it said that before you can make money while you sleep, you got to be able to make money while you're awake. And that's <laughs> why it's a... It's important to do one-on-one because that's going to make your online programs better, too. It it makes you a better coach, better entrepreneur, whatever you're doing. And you can pull the experiences from your one-on-ones with clients and put it into making a better online program. So I'm not saying that you wait five years to do your online program, but, you know, that first six months, work on just getting the revenues in. Don't spend all that time creating an online program that's going to be a tough sell. Then you can do the program maybe six months down the road or something like that.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Great gold nuggets to everybody that is listening. Um, you know, maybe we have uh, here and there are some some listeners that want to get into coaching. So this is this is gold for for everybody that is listening. And I want to ask you, um, you know, through the trying to build your coaching business or even looking at your real estate business. Did it ever get too hard for you? that you feel like quitting and and to go get a job or something or go do something else?
1: Um. It's it felt hard, but I can honestly say I've never thought of getting a job with the coaching side of it. When I first started coaching, I had a sales job with a telecommunications company here in Canada. And it was a great gig. It was home. I worked from a home office. My manager was three hours away, never bugged me, and I was able to do stuff by phone and do a little bit of computer work, and then I could work on my coaching business as well. But I also waited until my coaching was really rolling until I left that the jump to make the full-time transition to coaching with it. Um, the cool thing, I say the cool thing, going through business closure, bankruptcy, all the controversy that happened with it, I, I was public enemy number one for a long time in my local area. Once you've gone through that, you've already been through hell. So it makes it very easy. It makes it easier to go through difficult times because ne- starting coaching, I'm like, hey, I'm, I've gone through a slow month and you know things haven't panned out the way I wanted to, but I'm alive. I got a smile on my face, and I'm out of a bad situation with real estate. So I've been through the tough times, and that makes it easier to go through some navigate the difficult waters nowadays.
0: That's funny, man. That's 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 funny to to put it that way. But it actually makes sense. I mean. When you go through something that hard and 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 you know so emotionally tough for you, uh, you become basically unstoppable because if you were able to survive that, there's nothing that can stop you anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I've had times with after my business closure, I went to visit my father who lives in a um, an apartment complex, condo complex, and I was leaving the um, parking garage, and I was literally scrounging quarters and dimes from the from the car, and I'm like, oh God please have the whatever $2 because I'm not going back to ask my father for $2 to get out of a parking garage. This was back in 09. And, and uh, this is after having a, a successful business and, you know, fancy cars, a nice house, employees and everything else. So um, it's interesting. I've had some guests on my podcast, actually two in the last few months who have been to prison before. Uh, Ryan Stuman, the hardcore closer and uh, Mike Peshoda. And both of them, that have said basically that's a big reason why they're successful because coming out of prison they've hit the bottom of the barrel and uh, they've seen the worst and they're like man sales isn't hard when you've shared a bunk with a you know a, a six foot six guy named Bubba you know it's 350 pounds and uh, you know have to share a bunk in a shower with them hey sales is easy right
0: Right. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, it's quite interesting, fascinating, but funny at the same time, because it does make sense. I mean, uh, when when you do harder things, everything else looks so easy for you.
1: Yeah, and that's why uh, so many ex-cons do well in sales is they can't get any other jobs coming out when they're released. And Ryan said the same thing. He's always he's been to jail twice, I believe. And both times coming out of it, he got a sales job because no one else would hire him. And then he just poured everything into it because everyone wrote him off. He said, I'm going to pour 110% into sales. And the guy's like one of the top sales guys out there uh, nowadays doing amazing. So don't look at your tough times as being necessarily negative, even though they feel like they could be. There's always a silver lining in there somewhere. And I will say that my my real estate closures actually made me a better coach It made me more empathetic. It made me understand the plight of people. If I'm working with someone and they're having sleepless nights because they're not sure how they're going to make, you know, payroll or whatever, um, or pay the mortgage or pay the car bill, hey, I've been there, so I I understand where you're coming from. It's made me a better coach.
0: Right, and I love that, man, I, and and really appreciate you sharing that with us right now. Um, and you know, it looks like you've come a long way, and, and you figure out a lot of things on both, you know, your coaching company which is doing amazing uh, the programs the podcast and you know I really want to invite everybody that is listening to go tune in to the natural born coaches podcast because it's you provide a lot of value very inspirational value and and especially for people that want to be a coach but I want to hear um, you know through all the things that you've done what you consider would be the secret to your success what are you what is that one thing that you think that is is getting you to where you are right now
1: I think it'd have to be consistency. And consistency isn't always fun, flashy, sexy, but over time, if you're consistent with something, every single day, that really adds up. you know It's like that compound effect uh, Darren Hardy and, and others talk about. So I think it's really important to whatever business you're in, especially in online things, uh, pick a, I say a daily something. And for me, my daily something was my podcast with Natural Born Coaches. When I launched it November 2014, it was a daily show for the first 300 episodes, seven days a week. And you know how much work that is. I know you do three a week and it's a ton of work. And I almost uh, went into the loony bin because I was editing my own show then. And uh, now my brother's team handles it. He does. They do that. So I'm very thankful. But I was doing uh, seven days a week and I was a chief cook and bottle washer. But by doing that daily something and promoting it, people were seeing it every single day. And that definitely uh, let me rise a lot quicker. Now my show is a weekly format and that works for me much better. But I do daily emails to my list now. I've been doing that since April, 2016. And my email is now one of my primary drivers for my business. It's been great. Uh, so every day, single day I send an email out. And that again helps me stay in front of people and, and um, make sure people don't forget me. So, that would be my my number one advice is it just I'm consistent. I'm like a robot. Rain or shine, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. Some days I don't feel like typing out an email, sending to the list, but I get it done. And that's something that's sorely lacking with most entrepreneurs. They'll try something for like a week or two. You see with Facebook Lives, right? Oh, I'm going to do a Facebook Live every day. They do it for a week or two, and then they don't get any clients. They stop. Oh, this doesn't work. And then they're off to another bright, shiny object. You need to have uh, a staying power if you're an entrepreneur and if you're in business and you have to, just like you're doing with your podcast, put your head down and say, I'm going to do it. Rain or shine, whether I'm making a million bucks or getting no clients from it, I'm going to stick with it and then things are going to get rolling.
0: That's exactly right, man. I mean, um, there, was, there was there's a, a friend of mine who actually, not that we planned or anything, we didn't even know that we were both releasing a podcast, but it, it turned out to go out on the same week We started the same week, um, and long story short, she did four episodes and she stopped. And I'm recording episode thirty-two with you, so it's it's definitely been a. She
1: went through a pod fading, they call it, you know, when a podcast sort of fades out, and or it's also been called pod uh, podgatory instead of purgatory. Podcasting is a perfect example. You see all these podcasts out there. But how many people actually stick with it, like to where you're at with 32 episodes? Very, very few. Very few are at 500 and some episodes. And it's it's just because most people say they want to be entrepreneurs and they say they'll do anything for it. They won't do anything. Uh, if, If they can't podcast for more than four episodes or they can't send an email a day for even a month, you're not willing to do anything, go get a nine to five job. And you know, you'll get paid every Thursday morning or every second Thursday, and you'll probably be even less stressed out.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And and that's another thing that, you know, the hustle show and what I want to, you know, accomplish with the show, it's, it's to bust those myths, you know, we, you talk about the Facebook ad that there's so much hype right now with the overnight success and the push one button to your 30k a month agency and, you know, the overnight success stories all over the media. You see them everywhere. And and in my case, when I was going through the journey uh, with my business, you know, I felt I felt dumb. I felt like a loser. Like, you know, I'm the, probably the only one that struggles because everybody's killing it out there and everybody has the nice cars yeah. and the nice houses. Mm-hmm. So that's actually how I came up with the idea of the show. And one of the things, like I said, is it's trying to bust that myth of overnight success. So I want to ask you, how long did it take your overnight success to become real?
1: For the coaching side, I really hit my stride between years two and three. So I had success before that. And uh, like I said, I was doing well. I could leave my uh, sales job and, you know, my name was out there and stuff like that. But I found that the magic was really starting between year two and three. And from talking with other entrepreneurs, that seems to be that sweet spot as well, because every all your efforts from your first year, from your first six months, first year, first two years, they start to pay off between year two and three. It's uh, funny that you mentioned that people get discouraged because I've had clients before through coaching that are making 5K a month, which isn't bad to start. You know, it's obviously, it's good to be doing better, but they they are doing 5K a month and they feel like total losers and they're fairly new in the business too. And I'm like, look, at 5K a month, you're ahead of 99% of coaches. Now here's what we're going to do to get you up to 10,000 a month and go from there. But that's the reason why is they're, they're looking at the people that have You know, people really standing in front of rented mansions or rented boats and doing all that stuff, but they make it look like they're doing so much. And it is really frustrating the amount of snake oil salesmen and and saleswomen um, who are in coaching, especially who are out there just selling garbage, hot air false promises and my hope which i suspect i know it happens to most is that uh, they get weeded out cream rises to the top because they might be able to make one sale they're not going to get any repeat or referral business so they're going to weed themselves out and they're going to move on to the next get rich quick thing
0: yes that's exactly right man and i want to i want to look at, at at you know what are you looking at for your vision that is driving you and that is motivate, motivating you to keep going and what does that look like for you?
1: You're gonna laugh at this. Um, I'm an Elvis Presley fan, so <laughs> Elvis um, was discovered by Sam Phillips from Sun Records uh, back in the '50s, and uh, the way he was discovered was um, this funny kid with a funny name, Elvis, funny haircut, and kind of different character went into um, Sam Phillips' record studio to cut an album for his mother for her birthday. And that's how Sam Phillips discovered Elvis and look what happened. I want to be the Sam Phillips of the coaching industry where I find people that have the potential, uh, but they need help getting out there into the world. And for me, that's very motivating because every single coach I work with could really blow up and and could impact thousands of lives, hundreds of thousands, millions of lives. So anyone I'm working with now could be the next Tony Robbins or next Brendan Bouchard or anyone like that. And for me, that's very exciting. If I'm just working with not not to knock uh, Joe Smith from ABC Widgets but if I was working with a business owner like that yeah there'll be a ripple effect of course but not that kind of ripple effect by work with coaches so I want to be the Sam Phillips of the coaching industry and I'm always on the lookout for more coaching talent
0: That's awesome man I really really appreciate you sharing Your vision and and what's what's keeping you moving, because when when it definitely when the time gets tough emotionally and and financially and whatever aspect you want to look at, if you don't have that why really clear, it's going to get really tough to survive. Like that's that's the foundation of every business.
1: It's gotta be more than money. So, and that's not to knock money. I love money. I think that people should be compensated very well for what they do. The problem is if money is your only why, when you go through those rough patches where your bank account is low, you're gonna suddenly feel like garbage. So a lot of people say it's money. I had a client once who said, yeah, I'm doing this. I wanna make money, you know, and he wanted to make 10K a month was his magic number. And when I dug further, he admitted that his mother was going through uh, some illness, some health issues and the real reason that he was building his coaching business was so he could provide for her in later years so that he had the income to do it and he never realized that before till we got kind of uncovering it and peeling away the layers of the onion providing for a sick family member is a much more powerful why than just a, a number on a piece of paper so that's not to knock money Again, I love money, and I think you should go after it. I, I think it's great to drive you, and it, it certainly drives me. But there has to be more behind that as well to have a really powerful why.
0: Yes, I totally agree with you, and uh, you know, I just want to uh, say that I'm very happy that you are doing amazing. Very proud of all your work, and very grateful that I got the chance to to share your story. But I wanna, I wanna change gears a little bit here from your story to what I like to call the hustle round, where we're gonna sure. play this word game. Um, I'm basically gonna give you a word, and then whatever first word comes to mind, that's the one you're gonna say out loud. And, and do
1: I get to uh, phone a friend here if I need any help? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I was gonna say it's no, hard, cool. it's hard to stick to one word, but try your best to do so.
1: I will do my best. I'm a talker, so this is gonna be tough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, let's get it. Hustle. Grind, work, success, employee. That's a tough one to stick to one word. I'd say become an entrepreneur.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: when when I hear employee, I think trapped. I'm just being honest. So okay. trapped is the word.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way.
1: Boss, trapper. <laughs> <laughs> Rules. Trapper of employees. Sorry. Roles. Rules. Yes. Rules. Uh, Rules, I would think discipline. College. Waste of money. There's three words. (laughs) Fear. Fake.
0: Weakness. Strength. My next word was strength.
1: And the only reason I said that is because your weakness can be turned into a strength. I agree with strength, that. Strength, I would say exploit. Exploit it for all you can.
0: Motivation. Energy. And last but not least, books.
1: Priceless. Awesome. It's very hard to stick to one word because... <laughs> the human nature is you want to explain that word and 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 i I find it
0: uh, i find uh, it of interesting because most entrepreneurs that come to the show we know everybody's a talker you know because you have so many ideas going on and you want to just keep going with the explanation uh but the fun part is trying to stick to one
1: (laughs) yeah it's very tough with the college one i know I, i may offend people with that um i have a university degree if i could go back in time i probably wouldn't have gone through university i can't say that um it's, I, love, I have a, an arts degree at the poli-sci major, but um, I, I didn't go to work in the poli-sci factory you know, once I got done. Um, I think that uh, things are going to change a lot the next generation or two And it, when it comes to post-secondary education. There's other ways that you can learn and other things that you can do. I'd be very hesitant to advise my son to spend 100 k on education. Uh, that kind of education. I would get started earlier with a business, but it's whatever makes you happy. Just don't think you have to go that route.
0: Yes. I, and I agree with you. I have a college degree too. And that's probably one of my biggest regrets. Is like, shouldn't skip college and just started the business
1: earlier. Four years. I, I found my diploma the other day. I didn't even know where my diploma was. I found I was cleaning out a box looking for like a book and I find my my diploma for back in like two thousand and I'm like, man, this is an awful expensive piece of paper. So yeah, we could do a whole show on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, that's for sure. So I just want to give you an opportunity to, um, you know, if you have any hustling motivational words that you can share with the hustlers that are listening to us right now, maybe they're on the fence trying to leave their, their, their job and and go build their side hustling to a full-time job, or maybe they already started a business, but they're not at the point where they want to be. What would you say to them to inspire them to keep pushing and to keep hustling?
1: So much, so much to say in so little time, Like you had mentioned, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So there's people who've done what you want to do. And I'm not saying that you're copying everything with it because nobody likes a copycat. If you talk like, you know, whoever you're following and everything, you can put your own unique spin on it. But um, any business out there, for example, coaching or whatever, there's ways to do it. And I would say find somebody you trust, a coach or a mentor who's done it, and then um, listen to them and invest in them. If you have to pay, do it. Because self-education can be extremely expensive. And there's too many people now that are stuck. They think, hey, it's great. I got Google. I have access to all, these, uh, all this information online and stuff. I'm going to try to figure it out myself. And they're trying to cobble together free information from a 100 different places. And it's very difficult to build a successful business that way. You could get little glimpses and pieces and stuff. But uh, there's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about and they're spouting it, that you Google whatever, you're gonna have 50 trillion responses in 1.2 seconds. The analogy I use, if you try to cobble together your business with free advice, it's kind of like, do you remember before the Wright brothers uh, um, achieved flight? There were a bunch of people trying to, they are building these flying contraptions where they're using like gum and tape to glue together these weird looking flying things. And, you know, people were getting killed and stuff like that. And um, it it just wasn't safe. It's the same way with entrepreneurs trying to cobble together free advice, free sessions, picking people's brains. They try to put it all together and then um, they can't make it fly. I sent an email around once to my list about that. a woman got terribly offended and she basically called me a jerk and arrogant. How dare you say this or whatever? And she unsubscribed. And I thought, fine, I don't want you on my list. You know, if you're going to get offended by this, that was somebody who probably spent her days picking brains and Googling instead of actually investing in somebody, investing in herself as well. Uh, don't be like that. Find somebody who knows what they're talking about. Uh, learn it, uh, what they're saying, implement it and go do it.
0: Awesome. And is there any way that people can connect with you in case they want to, um, you know, listen to your podcast or, or connect with you? Maybe they want to get into coaching. How can they reach out to you?
1: Sure. Best spot is naturalborncoaches.com. That's a central hub. I've also got a Facebook group. There's uh, over 7,000 coaches in there now. It's called The Coaching Jungle. If you go to thecoachingjungle.com, you'll be forwarded to the to the uh, Facebook group. I should mention I have a good, uh, cool guest coming on Natural Born Coaches soon named Christian. So <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about hustling and stuff when you come on my show, but should be fun.
0: Yes, we're very excited for that, man. You know, we'll 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 talk a lot more about hustle and and you know the behind the scenes of the show, which is crazy, like you mentioned before. But I just want to say, you know, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me and to everybody that is listening. Your your story is really inspiring, and and I'm very proud of all your progress and success. And I know your snowball effects about to explode even bigger, and and much bigger things are are on the way to you. So I really appreciate you being here,
1: man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to The Hustle Show audio experience. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And even if you didn't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right now. It's still free. Visit thehustleshow.co for all the show notes and to watch the video experience of this episode. We'll see you soon.